Hello everyone, my name is Franz Salul. Today I'm going to be talking about the last four of my ten tips on creative writing. This is on behalf of Happy London Press and the short story competition hi2020.co.uk. This, as I think you know, is a three-part series. All the three podcasts have been focused on short story writing. This is the third and last of this series of three podcasts, in which I share hints and tips for writing short stories. You'll hear possibly another voice. If you do, it belongs to Claire, who's sitting here with me. She's also a writer and artist. In the first podcast, I dealt with the question, what is a story? In the second podcast, I asked the question, why write a story? In this podcast, number three, I shall share the remaining four tips, as well as considering, as promised in podcast two, what makes for an attractive style. So what does make for an attractive or engaging style? Well, the list can be very long, but let's look briefly at some of the most effective areas. Attractive style, section one, imagery. An image is a picture. So imagery is usually thought of as the use of particular words to create a visual depiction of thoughts or ideas in our minds, in other words, a mental image or picture. This use of words, figurative language, is the practice of embodying or representing ideas, actions, even objects, in a way that appeals to our physical senses. We often employ a simile, a metaphor or personification to achieve this end. I assume that I don't need to explain those terms. Bear in mind that we have five normal senses, so imagery can derive from any of these five senses, namely visual imagery, relating to the sense of sight, auditory imagery, relating to the sense of hearing, olfactory imagery, relating to the sense of smell, gustatory imagery, relating to the sense of taste, and finally tactile imagery, relating to the sense of touch. There are other types of imagery as well. These can include kinesthetic imagery relating to the sense of movement, organic or subjective imagery relating to the personal, individual experience of a character's physical body, feelings and emotions, deprivations such as hunger and thirst, pain and fatigue. Try experimenting with finding or inventing your own examples. However, a word of caution. Beware what are called dead metaphors. A lot of everyday language is metaphorical. The tendency to explain or describe something that is hard to explain by mentioning another thing that is familiar, as in, Bert was the black sheep of the family. Apologies to anyone called Bert or to any sheep that might be black. It's fine to use metaphors, but beware of using one that is a cliché. One that is so overused that it can no longer have much effect. For example, armchair, with no arms of course, over the moon, what does that mean? In the same boat, why are you talking about boats? Played a blinder, life is not a bed of roses, kick the bucket, groundbreaking, a laughing stock, go belly up, leg of a trip, hands of a clock, Time is running out. Deadline. 
foot of the bed, world wide web. Flying off the handle, champing at the bit. Curb your spending, nip it in the bud, green with envy, that's from Shakespeare. It's fine to use these 20 examples in everyday language because everyone understands them. However, I would recommend using them sparingly, if at all, in a literary context. Attractive Style, Section 2, Figurative Language Imagery can be classified under figurative language. As well as simile, metaphor and personification, other types of what are termed figurative language include hyperbole, symbolism, alliteration, onomatopoeia, antithesis, metonymy, oxymoron, assonance, consonance, allusion, irony. There are others. Attractive style, section 3, techniques. This is rather a loose portmanteau word under which one can list the following. A. Sentence length variation. Make sentences vary in length. Long sentences can be used to give detail. Short ones can be used to create a pause and or build tension. Like this. Sentence type. Statement, question, exclamation, etc. That was B. C. Adjectives. Describing nouns. D. Adverbs. Modifying or qualifying a verb, another adverb, an adjective, to express a relation of place, time, cause, circumstance, manner, degree, etc. E. Vocabulary. Range, appropriateness, interest, variety. Attractive style, section 4. Nominative determinism. Nominative determinism. That's nine syllables. You can almost put that in a sonnet. In podcast 2, I dealt with the topic of characterization under the heading Creating Believable Characters in Fiction. In that section, I explained the acronym DARED, D-A-R-E-D, small s. For a bit of fun with your writing, consider the related area of the naming of characters, particularly protagonists, characters who drive the action. This brings me back to the wonderfully named phenomenon of nominative determinism. This is the hypothesis that individuals can be drawn towards areas of work that, to some degree, fit with or match their name. An example that springs to mind, there's a hint in the word springs, is Bob Flowerdew. If you ever listen to BBC Radio 4's Gardener's Question Time, you'll recognise his name and nod sagely at this instance of nominative determinism. If you search on the internet for other cases, you'll find a large number, including Les McBurney, he's a firefighter, honestly, Anne Webb, a tarantula specialist, no really, Sarah Blizzard, She's weather forecast presenter. Honestly, she is. Mark De Man, a footballer, mainly playing in defence. And finally, Lord Brain, who's a neurologist. These are all true examples. 
Sometimes a name is not obviously nominatively deterministic, but nevertheless strongly suggests a particular kind of person. The best example is Uriah, rather unpleasant, scheming, fictional character from Dickens' novel David Copperfield. However, bearing in mind that, in American English, a faucet is a tap, far a faucet is not a plumber, but an actress. Think private investigator Jill Monroe in the first season of the television series Charlie's Angels. Finally on this topic, there is a book on popular explorations by Daniel Snowman and an article on urology by researchers named Splat and Whedon. Now, let's turn to the last four of my ten tips on creative writing. These are number six, welcome the unexpected. Number seven, the subconscious wants to see the light. Number eight, don't rush. Number nine, enjoy the process. Oh, sorry, I was rushing. Whilst writing, an unexpected idea may come into your head. Embrace it. Don't discard it. This relates to number seven. Things in your subconscious mind will emerge whether you want them to or not. This is because they want to, or you need them to, be expressed. Don't rush means what it says. Take your time. The creative process is not one that can be forced. And finally, number 10. Enjoy the process. Again, this means what it says. If you are not enjoying writing, do something else until you can enjoy it again. Believe it or not, your state of mind, enjoyment or otherwise, will be felt in the writing that you produce. Here's the last of my stories in this series of three podcasts. Its title is Kate. There's a dent in my Volvo, you idiot! Why don't you look where you're going on that thing? Sorry, didn't mean to. Just fell off, sorry. Well, sorry's not good enough, young lady. Where are your parents? Where? It's just me and Dad at home. Just us. I see. Well, let's go. Your dad will have to pay for repairing the door. Come on, after you. Well, come on. Kate reluctantly picked up her skateboard and limped off, rubbing her shoulder. Dad's on benefits. You ain't got no money to pay for your car, mister. Honest. We'll see about that. Come on, hurry up. They made their way through the teeming crowds of Saturday shoppers. Dad! Hello, love. Just been to get some bread for your dinner. Volvo man looked at Kate's father, struggling with arthritic hands, a plastic shopping bag and a walking stick. He was leaning against an elm tree, dropping leaves in the wind. Um, your little girl's had a fall, bit of a bump, but I think she'll be all right. Should be. Thanks, mister. Thanks. Thanks. Volvo man turned and walked away, his head bent. Just a reminder, all my stories are copyright. Well, that's all for now. There are other areas I have covered and will continue to cover in my workshops, but I hope this will be some help in your creative writing journey. Oh no, another somewhat comatose metaphor. Thanks again for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this and our other podcasts. My name is Franz Elul. I teach a creative writing course at Wickham Art Centre. 
My next course is going to be at the beginning of April. My email address is, all lowercase, franceelul at gmail.com. I'll spell all that. F-R-A-N-C-E dot E-L-L-U-L at gmail.com. Please do get in touch for details. If you would like to contact me, you've got my email address. I'm also on Facebook. We hope you've enjoyed this series of three podcasts. Don't forget to enter your short story at hi2020.co.uk before June 17th, 2020. Thank you. Until the next time. Goodbye. <laughs>